0: Well, I want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at home. Whether you're watching by video or you're listening to our podcast, so glad that you're a part of this today. As always, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download today's message notes. You can download the kids' activity sheet. You can also stay updated with our services and events taking place So the title of my message today, actually, we're going to look back uh, again, like we did last week with the Apostle Paul, is Connect Everything to a Soul. Connect Everything to a Soul. Now, we took a little time last week. We looked back at the Apostle Paul. We looked at his message to the church in Corinth. In fact, we looked at how... uh, how he saw that Corinthians or that Corinth area. In fact, it reminds me of any major city that we would see in the United States if we just took Los Angeles uh, close to where we're located that has over 250 languages spoken, international business, local ports, freeways, transportation hubs. And Paul looked at that as the opportunity of opportunities to preach the gospel and have those that come through that city to receive Jesus and to go back to their home places to share Jesus as well. You know, I had this thought when I got up today. It's interesting that uh, Jesus passed along to the disciples, then apostles, to go and preach the gospel to every creature to see those that are saved, baptized, filled with the Spirit, discipled, that he empowered them, gave them the responsibility to take the gospel. It's just like you and I, he entrusted us with the gospel. He's entrusted us to lead others to accept him as their Lord and Savior. Now, you know, Normally, what you would do with that big one is is God alone would be entrusted with seeing those that were lost. It would almost be that going into every weekend that he would make sure to announce somewhere in the skies, right, to serve and surrender your life to Jesus. But he's given that assignment to us. I think that's what we see with the Apostle Paul. And I, I wanted to read these first five verses again to us. First Corinthians Chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, the apostle Paul uh, uses those powerful words for I did not I did not I was determined not to know anything among you, except Jesus Christ, in Him crucified. And then we looked at those uh, few terms last week. I was with you in weakness and fear, and in much trembling. You know the Corinth area was all about prestige, presentation, how you looked. And when the Apostle Paul come on the scene, it wasn't what they expected. The way that he spoke wasn't what they had heard. Now, remember this with the Apostle Paul. We read this in the book of Acts. Um, he was exactly raised in the right school. He was the up and coming one. We know that um, when Christians needed to be thrown in prison and persecuted, put to death, they would have called Saul. He, he was the one. He was on the fast track. We know that he studied and he knew the law better than everybody else. And all somebody had to tell him was, hey, we think we heard that Peter was in such and such city eating pork. Oh, that would set him completely off that law breaker, breaking the laws of God. But Paul gave a different resume than all of his backgrounds. and Have you ever had to do that before? Maybe you were looking for a new internal position in the company that you work and you had to update your resume, or or maybe you just um, have graduated college in the last few months, you've been working on a resume and they have you put down not only places that you've worked, but maybe there's certain clubs or there's internships and things that you've done and you you work out a resume so that when somebody sees your resume, they stop and they look, or nowadays when the, when the software scans the resume and they find keywords and places of, of schooling, internships, that it grabs attention. Well, well, Paul gives us his resume. And we find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22 through 28. In fact, I didn't read it last week, but I want to read it uh, to us this week. And here's what he says: Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. (laughs) Now That's pretty bold, right? In labors, more abundant. I have outworked you. I want all of you to know I have outworked you, but here's what he says. In stripes, above measures, in prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times, I was beaten with rods. Once, I was stoned. Three times, I was shipwrecked. A whole night and a day, I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea. You know, Paul's got a tough time in the ocean, right? We notice that he's not going to do any Bible study cruises. He's going to stay off those ships. In perils among false brethren, in weakness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings, Often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things that come upon me daily, my deep concern for the churches. You know, as Paul says that, he gives us a resume, but I think of it as as more than a, a resume. It's the physical toil of what he went through, but he takes it personal, this work of Jesus, what's been entrusted to him. In fact, I think for the apostle Paul, when he uses that in labors, more abundant, there is no excuses for us. There's no excuses. And I could guarantee for most of us, we've never been beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, thrown in jail, troubled in a wilderness, and yet it didn't deter him or stop him. So it lets us know no more excuses. You know, I don't know if it was my mom or who I heard this through, maybe another friend's parent, but I remember they would always say, "No more excuses." Everybody's got excuses. Just like everybody's got two armpits and they stink, right? That's what they would say. "No more excuses." In fact, the apostle Paul knew that Jesus's words that would get to him in Acts chapter 9 verse 16 for his role in persecuting uh, the church, but remember, Jesus took it personally. It was persecuting him. For I will show him how many things, this is talking about uh, Saul at the time, Paul, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. Oh, how would you like to hear that? How many things that he would suffer for his namesake. But it didn't ter- deter the apostle Paul. He said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech. I think the physical toil and wear and tear of the things that he went through that we read, when he came upon this city of people that they thought they were going to be impressed by what they saw and what they heard, he told them that he didn't come with the exact image, but he sure came in demonstration of the spirit and of power. We need to remember in every situation in this verse we looked at last week, the words out of John the Baptist about Jesus. He must increase, I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. So it's not about our skills. It, it's not about our resume. It, it's not about... um how many uh, hours I might say that I've done more than this or more than that, or you've done more than this person or more than that person, or I interred at this place, or I know so-and-so, it all comes down, am I decreasing me and increasing him? When people leave from a message or an interaction of us or uh, an encouragement, are they prone to look to Jesus Or did we rely on them to look to us? At the end of the day, they should remember him. First and foremost, he must increase, I must decrease. In fact, uh, later the Apostle Paul, in fact, he goes through this whole line of becoming everything to others, but not, never bending the gospel. He wanted to know everybody. He would talk with everybody. In fact, he said this, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more. Win more. Remember, connecting everything to a soul. You know, I don't know exactly what uh, I could mention it. I, I think I know that if I was just to think of football teams with the longest record of not winning. There's a couple uh, cities and teams that come to mind. In fact, I I get those instant images of people sitting in the stands with those large paper bags over their face because their team didn't win. But year upon year, they're buying tickets and buying jerseys and wearing hats and rooting for their team and they're not winning and they're not winning and they're not winning. But all of a sudden, hopefully something turned around and they won. Paul knew this. In fact, it was the most important to him that I might win more. I'm going to talk to the Jew, the Gentile. I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to relate to them. I'm going to ask them questions. I want to get to know them so that I can win, so that I have that opportunity. I have that window. I have that moment that I can share the gospel, that I can share Jesus to them, that when they leave, they don't remember me, but they have that word that just becomes something that burns on the inside of them that the Holy Spirit stays upon them. You know, we read some of these verses in our Bible that become so shocking to us. In fact, uh, in Matthew 16, verse 26, Jesus says these words, For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? We think of those in the headlines that we read about their wealth and we see the many locations uh, that they own. Whether then it's jets and boats and businesses and whatever else that they own, Jesus reminds us: What what if somebody gains the whole world, but they lose their soul? What can they exchange for the soul? You know, I woke up um, yesterday morning and read a headline about somebody that I don't even know who they were, but they had passed away, uh, a member of a band, fifty years old, and. I had just looked through. You know, you always look through to see was was there any faith, which I I don't know. But what did they what did they gain if their soul wasn't changed if they hadn't accepted Jesus as savior? In fact, we read in Proverbs chapter eleven verse thirty, it lets us know that the one that wins souls is wise. Song Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus. God gave him wisdom because he asked. It's interesting that that word is used. The one that wins souls is wise. The one that wins souls is wise. You know, when we think about uh, even a moment right now of what's taking place in heaven, do you know the only thing, and I get asked this um, many times, especially whether we're doing a funeral or a, a memorial, and somebody somebody will say, do, do you think God let them look down upon this moment? And you know, I always have to kind of graciously and humbly say, you know, I, I don't see that in the Bible. In fact, I think if they were to peek down upon earth, then there'd be sorrow and tears, and that's not in heaven, right? But there is one verse that I feel like that heaven knows what's happening on earth. In in Jesus's words, he says, I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven. Think about that. More joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. How is heaven aware of what's taking place on earth when somebody surrenders, repents, and accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I don't know if it's a gong. I don't know what it is. You know, when I when I was a kid and uh, we lived in San Gabriel, uh, California, and at the intersection of Roseby and Los Tunis was a Kmart. And again, back in those days, a Kmart would have been like we had known of Walmart starting around, right? You seem to be able to find a Kmart everywhere. But Kmart came up with this uh, strategy. And I'd love to know, who finally came up, it was called the Blue Light Special. Now, maybe some of those that would remember Kmart would remember, and they they had this cart and they would plug it in wherever it was and they had this long pole that went up and they had this flashing blue light. And so over the loudspeaker, it would be attention Kmart shoppers, attention Kmart shoppers, Blue Light Special in aisle three on right socks or something kind of ridiculous. And you would see the people like gravitate, right? Move to the blue light for whatever sale it was, the blue light special. In heaven, when one person on earth confesses Jesus as Lord, the Bible says there's more joy. We don't know if a bell is ringing. We don't know what's announced. We don't know it, but there's more joy. There's almost like something stops in heaven and there's a shout of joy. That's how they know that those uh, of us here on earth are doing what Jesus said and he empowered us to do, to connect everything to a soul, win everything. When I'm out and about and I'm talking with somebody or, or I'm, I'm serving in some ministry, I'm serving others, connect it to remember why. Remember the why. You're connecting it to a soul. It was a lot of work. Yeah, but you're connecting it to a soul. The Apostle Paul looked at it at that, at that way. Regardless of what I've been through, I'm doing this because I care for Jesus's church. The most important thing, his church. I'm going to carry this on regardless of how I feel, how I look, how I sound. Those aren't the qualifications uh, that Jesus uses. But are you going to show up in demonstration, in the spirit, and in power? As we pray today, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never surrendered your heart, maybe... You grew up and somebody mentioned something to you or you heard something, uh, whether on a YouTube or a podcast or something's been stirring on the inside of you, but this is the moment in time where you need to surrender and repent and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let it be step number one. In fact, would you pray these words uh, with me? And if you've been running from him, pray these words as well and come back to him. Pray these words. Dear God. I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today, I'm in your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Most important part, the next steps is tell somebody. You can reach out to us either by the social media platforms that you're viewing or listening to go to our website, click on our contact form or somebody has probably been talking to you about him. Tell them you got some next steps. So important. This new walk, this new relationship. And as we just mentioned, somehow, some way, some bell is ringing in heaven and your name was mentioned. How powerful that is. Well, as we receive our tithes and our offerings today, I want to read this one verse out of Psalm 86, verse 10. It says this, You are great. You do wondrous things. You alone are God. You are great. You do wondrous things. And you alone are God. Pray this prayer with me in our time of our giving. As I give in today's offering, I reflect on the greatness and power of my God. No task is too large or too difficult for him. His power is never restrained. God is watching over me and he supplies for me by his power. Nothing is too difficult for God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving, you can give today on our website, through our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can go to the top right hand of the website. You can click on the Give button. It's safe, fast, and secure. You can also, on our website, and on the screen here, you can give by mail. You can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. Stay up with our website. Our food ministry has two events coming up in April. And if you're in the Arcadia area on April 17th, Easter Sunday, come on out Easter Sunday as we celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help, your help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. And remember, those that win souls are wise.